Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> You Plugged missed in. the. Yeah, we did miss the. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me. Sad elephant. Nothing is funny. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say nothing's funnier. It reminds me of the me dying and you just. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I don't have time. It reminds me of that meme. It's like, hey, Nikki's drowning. This ain't about her. <laughs> you made one of those for the nun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. This ain't about that. I still need to make the, do you think they've explored each other's bodies for yes. uh, Fright Night? Yes. We Ugh. you must. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, speaking of, this ain't about him. <laughs> speaking of what? This ain't about him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's only about that one kid. It's about the one kid. The it's other ghosts. This ain't about them. This ain't about them. <laughs> I don't know. This one's not my best. <laughs> I panicked. I mean, I didn't do you any favors because I made a joke about adults exploring each other's That's bodies. Why I was like, <laughs> well, I can't say that. Or cannot. We're, we're talking about the black phone, which has many children in it. It's mostly children. Mostly children. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> um, I'm excited. It's one of our new ones. It was yes. X, and then we did an older one, and then mm. I'm I'm excited. Yes. Here we go. I wasn't expecting to like this movie, to be honest with you. Yeah, I had <laughs> no idea. I kind of knew what it was about, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I went, I don't care a little. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I care some. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you like some fun facts? Yes, I would. Okay. The Black Phone was made in 2021. For some reason, I thought for sure it was... 2022 like really recent yeah no not as recent as i thought mm. whoops uh directed by scott derrickson also did the exorcism evolution <sighs> there was too many e's <laughs> i immediately went no <laughs> the exorcism of emily rose that's what i was thinking <laughs> yeah i mean we, we had it kind of yeah um the day the earth stood still mm. sinister mm. deliver us from evil and dr strange oh a marble movie Oh, okay. I was like, Dr. Horrible sing-along book? No. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> uh, um, and it was written by uh, also Scott Derrickson, but also C. Robert Cargill. Mm -hmm. um, he also did Sinister, Sinister 2, and Doctor Strange. So okay. they're a duo, sort of. I think Doctor Strange would be they better. they explored each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely did. Doctor yeah. Strange would be better with what? Not a Marvel movie? Just kidding. I hate Marvel. Sorry, everybody. Doctor Strange would be better if he had a sing-along block. <laughs> it's just the exact same movie, but he sings and it's just a rip-off. Yes. Of the real one. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, we God. Cabbage Patch stars in. <laughs> we Cabbage Patch. I was like, what did you just say? And then I immediately went, I know who it is. Immediately. All right, you're going to like this one. Uh -huh. If I can say the name, which I probably can't, well, so get ready. The cinematography was Brett Jutkiewicz. Jut Kiwi. I'm gonna spell it for you. Okay. J U T K I E W I C Z. Jut Kiwi. Jut Kiwi. 
You, okay, so they do this thing where it looks like there are more <laughs> syllables than there actually are. And yeah. the, the like CZ thing, I never get right. Jutkiwix. I always think, I think it might be, what's it called? Diphthong? No. No. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say it right, is the moral of the story. So Brett J. Brett. Our friend Brett. Yeah. We're best who friends. I will learn his name someday. Um, he also made Scream 2022, Ready or Not, <gasps> yeah, I know, I was like, you're gonna love this, Stranger Things, and then something called Daddy Long Legs. Well, <laughs> he's uh, gearing up for the sequel, Mommy Wide Thighs. Exactly. I didn't look at what, like, it was, or, like, genre or anything, yeah. I just went, oh, Daddy Long Legs. Yep, yep. Couldn't write that down. Yep. Um, I, you reminded me, Mm -hmm. I was listening to one of the previous episodes to try and find something. Yeah. And uh, I aired, I said, have you seen Ready or Not? And you said, yes. And then I told you about something that happened in your next because I conflated the titles. (laughs) So I asked you, have you seen movie A? Here's the thing about movie B. (laughs) And I probably just went, "Uh uh-huh. You just agreed politely. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, that sounds like me. (laughs) I didn't know if you were right or wrong. It didn't matter. I was on board. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, the music was by Mark Corvin. Also did The Witch and The Lighthouse. The Vovich. Some bangers. Yeah. Um, and something called Cube. People like Cube. Cube. It said like fan loved Cube. And I was like, I don't know. Is Cube the guy with the pins in his face? <laughs> no. That's <laughs> Pinhead. That's, they, there is a Cube in that's that movie. That's what I thought. I didn't so know. So I'll let that slide. Okay. That movie's called Hellraiser. <laughs> But but there like is a cube involved. The sixth Hellraiser is just cube origin. I wouldn't of cube. be surprised, honestly. <laughs> no, it was just called cube. I think it was a sci-fi film. Oh, okay. Um, but apparently people liked it. So not Hellraiser, but I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> I try um, so hard. <laughs> you do. I know. Um, I don't have a lot of fun facts, and I'm sorry, but I also have the budget. I'll do that first. Okay. So the budget was uh, 16, point, 16 to 18. You know how it does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 16 to 18 million. Not a lot. I was yeah. picturing more. Well, yeah. not more for this movie, but just more because it was like a big, what's, what am I thinking of? Like a studio? big studio film. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like the budget would be higher just for that. But I guess not. I mean, there's not much to it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you think it made? Um, Ethan Hawke was in it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who I do get mixed up with Josh Hartnett. Yeah, that people. one's fair, though. <laughs> Thank you. So I give you that one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner did, too, and I was like, thank fuck. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, 30 million. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I want to say you're close on this Which one. direction am I wrong in? You gotta go more. Oh, I'll higher? give you one more chance. Higher. 50 million. I I give up. One hundred and sixty-one point four million. Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> we have not had such I like know. high box. I know. Okay. I see. When I read it, I thought it said sixteen point four. So I went, oh, okay. So yeah. it like kind of made its money back. Like okay. Um, and then I went, that's a oh, that's one sixty-one. And I went, holy fuck. Um, but I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's a. It was one of those movies. Emily, my roommate, and I always describe yeah. it as popcorn movies where, oh, like, yeah. even if you're not a fan of horror or whatever, it's a big budget, well, kind of big budget, yeah. but, like, big studio movie with Ethan Hawke and, you know, who's everyone's going to go see it. Yeah. Even if they don't love horror movies, they're going to be like, woo! 
<laughs> Ethan Hawke. I think I'm just so used to the ones we cover. And it's like, it made 30,000. Exactly. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, this is not our usual no. uh, thing. So. <laughs> Sorry, okay. our Discord's popping off. Discord, no. Do they have ideas? They do. I'm nice. excited. Um, so that was the budget. Good, good try. I only have one fun fact, but I thought it was a cute one. Ooh. It's about Ethan Hawke, who for some reason I just have this weird obsession with. Yeah. Every time he's in something, I'm like, fucking love Ethan Hawke. And I don't even seek him out. It's yeah. not like I'm like, oh, gotta watch that. It's got Ethan Hawke. But when I do see him, for some reason, my heart goes, there he is. <laughs> Every so, time I hear his name, I'm like, I love Josh you Hartnett. You love Josh Hartnett. <laughs> and I just uh, picture him. Love him in 30 Days a Night. Isn't he incredible? <laughs> um, here's a little fun fact about mm-hmm. our sweet boy, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke uh, was hesitant to play a villain. Because he did not want to be remembered for a scary performance. But then he changed his mind when he remembered he's in his 50s. And he said, villains might just be my future. Oh my god. (laughs) Sweet angel. Because when I read that, when it said, like, he didn't want to be remembered for a scary role, I went, Ethan Hawke, you've done a lot. Like, aren't you older? And then the next sentence was, and then he remembered he's 50. (laughs) Then he remembered his own mortality. He was like, (laughs) oh god. (laughs) Amazing. I just thought that was so cute and funny. But he was just like, I can't do this. And then he went, wait, why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm 50. <laughs> Another reason. I, I love him. Unless he's okay. shitty. Someone tell me. If Ethan Hawke is shitty, you can ruin it for me. It's fine. Yeah. But I just have this weird love for him. Yeah. I can't explain. Love it. Um, That's it. I'll just summarize it. I, yeah. A boy gets kidnapped. Mm. But unfortunately for the kidnapper, he's psychic and is helped by ghosts. Okay, that's great. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume that was the the, the thing, right? Because yeah. his sister was like psychic and I thought it was supposed to be like he could hear the ghosts because he was like, you know, sensitive to that kind of stuff. None of the other kids heard the phone. I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, I was worried that it was just like, no, Nikki, that's straight up just a phone. And I'd be like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just a dummy. You just don't remember landline. It's I okay. just don't remember how it works. What yeah. is that again? <laughs> but give me give me a real one, though, because I'm I'm excited to see how they, they do it. Rotten tomatoes. I'm excited to give too much or too little. It's always one. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Finney, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of little use. Yeah. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, I almost said sing. Uh, <laughs> it does sing. It does sing. Finney discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer's previous victims, and they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. Which is just so sweet. You know? Uh, they didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to turn my sound off. But I will. I think that one might have been me. My sound was on. No, it was me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know my sins. <laughs> um, that was a good one. That wasn't that bad. I was sometimes Rotten Tomatoes likes to give us the entire, you know. Yes. Not just like the plot, but also but, like, just all the twists. Everything. And, and like, you're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> People under the stairs, teapots. Oh my god, classic teapots. I loved teapots. What a wild ride. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm excited. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You want to know why, though? Why? It's because you already did, like, Milk Carton Kids, yeah. which would have been my guess. But then I was like, we did that. Yeah. I had to do uh, masks. The history of masks. <gasps> no! Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Are you kidding? No! <laughs> I don't have confetti. I'll just throw the scrunchie. Oh, God, it almost hit the candle. Oh, my God. What a wild ride we just went on. There's a burning candle on the table and I can't see it. And I threw a scrunchie in the air and it almost hit it. Oh, 
we almost had a big celebration. <laughs> Kay, I'm sorry. I've just never oh, been this close. I was so excited. And then I went, there's a candle. <laughs> As it left my hand, I went, we'll see. <laughs> I did it. You did it. <laughs> I'm so pumped. That just right off the dome yeah. just now. I didn't think about that. Amazing. Where's it come from? Incredible. So I did think about revisiting Stranger Danger mm-hmm. and Moral Panic, Milk Carton Kids, but right. then I was taken with the masks. Yeah! And that's why we'll be talking about the use of masks in performing arts and then horror films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, there's no way to talk about the use of masks in horror without tracing their usage back mm-hmm. through the ages. Yeah. And I knew a little about some of it because of the drama camps that I attended as a child when my parents were like, girlings to get out of the house for a week. Uh, but most of the girly this pop go do drama. <laughs> I don't know why people say that lately, and it's killing me. It's very funny. Amazing. Okay, sorry. Oh, well, no, I got distracted by myself. Having a body is weird. Uh, <laughs> so during my research, there were three that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there are so so many other cultures out there that utilize this art form yeah. and like had their own takes on it. But we're going to start with the Greeks because that's the earliest that I started. Mm-hmm. So going back to the 500s BC. Uh, masks were used in theater for both comedies and tragedies. Mm-hmm. There were several practical reasons for using masks. One, the exaggerated features allowed for expressions and characters to be recognized at a distance. Not mm-hmm. everyone gets front receipts after all. Right. Two, they allowed a small group of actors to play a wide range of characters. And three, it also allowed the all-male cast to play people of all genders. Some yes. scholars also hypothesize that the masks could have served as a sort of megaphone and helped the actors project their voices so people in the cheap seats could hear them too. Mm-hmm. But it goes past the practical uses around casting and accommodating large theaters. Masks allowed actors to skirt past social norms and say things that they otherwise couldn't. Mm -hmm. So according to an article series from the British Museum (laughs) uh, that's like centered on artifacts throughout Mm -hmm. history, quote, The most significant role of the mask was that of transformation. An ordinary man could go beyond his real identity and become a mythological hero or a lusty satyr, a foolish old man or a beautiful young woman, or a god or a slave. In this disguise, he could say and do things that could not be said and done in everyday life and could present to the audience events, actions, and ideas that were horrifying or ridiculous, inspiring or fantastic. Ooh. Theater. Theater. <laughs> uh, there's so much more to dive into on that front if you, yeah. want to, if you want to get into like Greek mythology, culture, history, but for another time. <laughs> because we're going to jump forward about a thousand years. We're going to go to Italy now. <laughs> Quite the jump, huh? And this is when I was trying to figure out how to say uh, word pronunciation or name right. pronunciation.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't figure out how to say that, so that website's name. <laughs> say it? You got it. Nim- Come on. Name prana. We're gonna- <gasps> You're so close. <laughs> Kay was looking up how to like, say things, and it would say the name of the website first. And I thought that's what she was looking up. And I was like, girl, are you okay? <laughs> Oh, God. I knew most of these mm-hmm. um, name pronunciation, by the right. way. I knew you got most that. of that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know all of them, and I did not want to sound like a fool. Uh, fair enough. So we're going to talk about Commedia dell'arte. So it originated in Italy in the 16th century, but it was popular across Europe from the 1500s to the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Are you mocking? No, I'm sorry. But every time you say something, like, really smart and really, like, insightful, my brain does dumb things. You said Commedia dell'arte, and I went, huh. <laughs> Like that episode of King of the Hill. <laughs> I thought you were like Comedia Del Farte. No. <laughs> I should have said Del Farte. 
But no, there's just an episode where Bobby wants to be funny and he takes a comedy class, but the guy is in com- it likes Comedia dell'arte kind oh of style. God. So he's doing like weird artsy clown stuff and everyone's bullying him. <laughs> oh no. And it, you said it and I went, <laughs> I have to show you the picture later and I'm sorry. That's my purse. I don't know That's you. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> You're going to, I'm going to make you a Bobby Hill stand by the end of this podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, continue. Okay. I'm sorry, I wasn't bullying you. <laughs> I was, I was, I was afraid bullying I, Bobby Hill. <laughs> I was afraid that I'd spent so much time on specific character no. names that I was mispronouncing the entire no. art form, and you knew. But we're too nice to say anything. Nope, just thinking about King of the Hill, <laughs> as I often do. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. The characters within Camille Dell'Arte were generally archetypes or Stark. Stark. Yeah. Stock characters, mm-hmm. not Stark characters that came yeah. much, much later with yeah. George R. R. Martin. But those characters generally fell into like four main groups. So yeah. You have the Zani, the Vecchi, the Innamorati, and the Il Capitano. Sure. Um, I took French. I don't know shit about Italian. And yet you say it like you've been there your whole life. <laughs> like, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thing We're doing Pizza. the hands. <laughs> Macaroni. <laughs> Sorry to our Italian fans. If Stop we have it. any. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, the Zani were servants or clowns, mm-hmm. generally ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the characters in this group were Arlecchino, Scapino, and Pulcinella. And now for a quick digression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is a play called Scapino. Yeah. Which is a 1974 adaptation of the 1671 Moliere oh, play called Les Fauberies de Scapin. And my high school put on a production of Scapino, and I was one of the Zani. Hey! We were the group that would come on stage to do something ridiculous and then leave. And as part of this, I also played the role of the maligned girlfriend of the lead Scapino. Mm-hmm. And the extent of my role beyond the group moments was to walk on stage, slap Scapino, and stomp off stage. I love this role more than anything else like, I did that in high beautiful. school. <laughs> Digression over. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Uh-huh. The next group was the Vecchi, mm-hmm. uh, wealthy old men like Pantalone and Il Dottore. Uh, then we had Inamorati, which would be upper class hopeless lovers like Flavio and Isabella. Uh, I had a moment where it's like, Isabella? No, that's Spanish. <laughs> Isabella. Isabella. <laughs> Finally, we had the Braggarts uh, in the Il Capitano class, mm-hmm. La Signora and Scaramuccia. Uh, I think it's actually just Scaramuccia, even though it has the I in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scaramouche was actually a mix of Il Capitano and Zani. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lovers did not wear masks, and many female characters did not wear masks. Oh, okay. But each character had a distinct costume, so they were instantly recognizable. Yeah. Pantalone wore red pants and dark capes. I had yeah. caps, and I was like, I think it was capes. <laughs> no <laughs> way to know, capes. though. <laughs> Il Dottore would wear black robes befitting mm-hmm. a scholar. Uh, Pulcinella would wear a baggy white outfit, but each mask character also had a distinct mask with unchanging elements across productions. So even if the mask was a little different from one city to the next, you would mm-hmm. recognize Il Capitano by the strong brow. Interestingly, even characters that didn't wear masks were eventually referred to as Machier. I didn't look up how to say that one. Um, <laughs> I didn't even it might be Machere. I don't know. M-A-C-H-E-R-E. Who's to say? Who's to say? It's Italian for masks. There we go. <laughs> uh, so you know how in Monster Hearts, each option for a character is called a skin? Yeah. Well, each character in Commedia dell'arte was a mask. Yeah. In that the character itself was an archetype to be worn like a mask. Yeah. And your entire body was put into the characterization of that identity. So even if you weren't wearing a mask over your face, the character is a mask that you put on. Yeah. So that was part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like meta masks. <laughs> Uh, and there's so much more depth oh, yeah. to this. Uh, but again, for another time, B 
because now we have to go to a different country. We're going to get... traveling in- so much. I feel like I'm in wishbone. <laughs> oh, the, the highest compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. This is. I'm feeling real wishbone. I almost said wishbone-y. And I, I went, that's I really- too much. Wishboned. And I went, <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm feeling wishbones. <laughs> I got wishbones. I got wishbones so hard today. <laughs> oh no! Oh, the next theater's no. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I had very little understanding of Japanese theater prior mm-hmm. to researching this, and I obviously still have a very limited grasp um, because there are centuries of history yeah. of the art and the context to unravel and explore. Mm-hmm. But a simple breakdown of Japanese theater: we have in order of their first appearance. No, Kabuki, and Bunraku. Mm-hmm. While no theater can be traced back to the 1300s, most folks will say that it really evolved into the recognizable form in the 1600s. Generally, the themes were rooted in Buddhism, consisted of two to three characters, and were vehicles for allusion and metaphor. And then, blah, blah, no performances were also just for distinguished audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main actors wore masks with neutral expressions, more on that in a moment, and did not speak. <laughs> the chorus at the side of the stage would chant and serve as the voice of the actors. Oh, cool. The masks themselves were carved with neutral expressions, but through artistry of the carver and skill of the actor could express a range of emotions. So tilting the mask down could make it look like the face was frowning, mm-hmm. and the actor could add additional movements to showcase sadness. They could tilt the mask upward, and the mask would look like it had a slight s- smile. Yeah. So minute adjustments of mask angle and body language would convey emotion. That's wild. I'm just like, talk about like bodily awareness and skill. Yes, yeah, seriously. I still like shoulder check every doorway I go through. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where I am ever. So no. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's no. And Kabuki theater hit the stage in the 1600s, was mm-hmm. generally performed for everyday folk, and was known for dramatic makeup and movement. Okay. Uh, there's also a really rich history on like, it was established by like, a woman and then they were like this is too sensual and like only men after that (laughs) too much (laughs) too much uh and then bunraku puppet theater entered Mm -hmm. the scene just a few years later Mm, okay and i think bunraku was also more for like the upper classes okay um and it was like folks wearing all black Mm -hmm. with like puppets that they're like holding and moving so it wasn't like um marionettes it wasn't like puppet hands right. <laughs> and acting all these things out in an audio medium. Which is good, though. I love this. <laughs> For me, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching too much puppet history. You and puppet history. <laughs> I love it. So all of these, again, have centuries of yeah. tradition and change that I could not possibly cover. But to summarize, we can see mask usage in theater across a wide variety of contexts. Mm-hmm. So it could transmit messages about faith or morality. It could allow actors and writers to explore otherwise taboo subjects. It could unite people across a nation to the recognition of an archetypal character. You'll notice a distinct lack of horror across these tellings. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm getting to it. We're getting there, baby. <laughs> so, one of the hallmarks of horror is the manipulation or perversion of something known or comforting. Yeah. Comforting. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Childhood nursery rhymes are often connected to memories of safety or innocence. Mm-hmm. But what if the music box playing Mary Had a Little Lamb is off-key because there's a demon side of it trying to whittle away at your sanity? You know how it gets. Bam, something familiar is perverted to make you uneasy. Mm-hmm. Unless you like that, and then I guess go you. And then, woohoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, masks can introduce unpleasant cognitive dissonance by pairing something known 
with a strange new context and create a new lasting association. So he's wearing a hockey mask. That's weird. Okay, now he's murdering. All right, yeah. Hockey masks are now murder chic. <laughs> it just becomes that. You see now. it? It's murder. You it's know murder. how it is. Yeah, obviously. And what makes the Commedia masks iconic, i.e. their recognizability mm-hmm. across Europe, can instead be turned into something dangerous, unknown, and unknowable. Mm-hmm. So it can also be, that's one way, is that it takes something that you know so deeply from a context yeah. that is innocent or happy or mm-hmm. comedic, and then you're like, but what if I paired it with something horrific? <laughs> Beautiful. It can also be anonymizing, which is a word I maybe made up. Who's to say? It sounded really good. You. you said it with confidence, and that's Thank all that you. matters. It's underlined in blue, so I don't think that it's a real word. <laughs> well, don't tell me that. <laughs> Stick with the confidence. <laughs> Anyway, who's to say? It might be a real word, might not be. Yeah. Uh, masks in theater are often used to broadcast something about that character, but mm-hmm. they're also used to hide or trick. Mm-hmm. So in theater, this can be used for dramatic irony or comedy, but it can be manipulated for horror. Who is behind the mask? Mm-hmm. Is it someone that you know? A stranger with no discernible motive? Ghostface's iconic mask was basically picked up from a bargain bin yeah. and hid the fact that there was not one killer but two. Spoiler mm-hmm. for a two-decade, Sorry. Three-decade <laughs> It obscures, it misleads, it ultimately reveals that anyone could be behind the mask, even people that you trusted. Yeah. So there's a duality to masks then, that they can reveal something absolutely crucial about the personality of the character, but it can also show a detachment from humanity of the wearer. Yeah. Commedia masks were, or no, Commedia characters were masks, even if the actor didn't wear one. Mm -hmm. But what if you take that and twist it? In putting on the mask, your humanity is severed or sequestered. The Purge franchise arguably does this, according to an article in the New York Times. Quote, masks which hint at some macabre sight or simply a human no longer in touch with his humanity also imply a wider social disorder. In the Purge franchise, Americans have one night a year to give in to their most base vile impulses without repercussions. The movies paint a grim reality in which people are all too eager to put on masks and kill as they please. Of course, the conceit is a way to satirize the American systems that implicitly allow for prejudice toward disenfranchisement of and undermining of certain racial and socioeconomic groups by making such practices explicit in the world of the films. That last sentence was much longer than I remembered it yeah. being. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Got away from me. Got away from you. <laughs> I had to, <laughs> had to shift. Yeah. My foot's asleep. And I had a moment where I was, I was like pushing it out from under me, but I couldn't yeah. feel my leg. I could just feel the force of my right. leg. Yeah. Did I tell you about the scariest thing that happened to me the other night? No. I fell asleep on my arm, and then I woke up and I couldn't feel my arm, but it was dark, and I was trying to find it, and so I was, like, grabbing around in the bed looking for my arm, and then I found it, and it was, like, it felt like I found someone else's flesh in my bed. It was so awful it's a nightmare be like scrabbling around at four in the morning trying to find my arm with my other hand, and then finding it and being like, this doesn't belong to me. It was awful. Anyway, now you know. So, going back to this, however, this is where we start to get into the black phone. The mask is absolutely critical for the grabber. He commits horrific acts. Acts. (laughs) He commits horrific acts wearing the mask. But Mm -hmm. when the mask is removed, he becomes absolutely incapable of anything. Yeah. Uh, Throughout the film, he wears a combination of masks. Mm -hmm. The top and bottom can be separated and swapped out snarling or laughing upper half or lower half Mm -hmm. they reveal something about his mental state and intentions in those moments but when you remove the mask entirely the grabber is rendered impotent and what does that reveal about humanity (laughs) (laughs) so i love how in like uh historic theater and like current Mm -hmm. arts 
uh, masks can do so much. It's like, hey, this is how we're going to be able to say things that we otherwise wouldn't be. Or right. this is a way that we can take a traveling show across the nation and everyone will recognize it. It's something comforting. It's something funny. Mm-hmm. It's something that you recognize yourself in. Yeah. Because there were like some Comedia Dollarte like masks that were specific to a certain like region. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of saw yourself lampooned and then like another one. So there's so much comfort and depth that can be taken and twisted (laughs) and they did a lot of that in different ways for this because Mm -hmm. it's like wearing a mask to like sever one's humanity to hide like that the any the any person yeah (laughs) the every man or the anyone (laughs) could be like hiding some deep murderous intent right and then it also i think Mm -hmm. uh one of the masks had like oni features mm-hmm. which would be in kabuki makeup so okay. it took a lot of elements of stuff yeah it did and there's an article that i read in new york times that has a full ass list mm-hmm. of every horror film in the last century um ish mm-hmm. that used masks oh and interesting. i was going to like i think i still have it in my notes um i do Okay. I didn't copy all of them over because mm-hmm. it was a long list. Yeah. We started in 1935. Phantom of the Opera, kind of. Right, yeah. Uh, Dr. X, Invisible Man, Mad Love, The Face Behind the Mask, House of Wax, Eyes Without a Face, Blood and Black Lace, Onibaba, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, yeah. uh, Phantom of the Paradise, I don't remember that, um, The Wicker Man OG, Alice, oh, Sweet Alice, The Town that Dreads, Sundown, Halloween, Tourist Trap, My Bloody Valentine, Curtains, Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, Stage Fright, Nightbreed, Silence of the Lambs, Scream, Valentine's Saw, Trick or Treat, The Strangers, You're Next, The Purge, Hush, Happy Death Day, Us, The Black Phone. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So Dang. that's not all of them. Yeah. But it's fun to go across them and be like, okay, well, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. it was first of all grisly. Right. And then it was also like his mental state and mm-hmm. personality was impacted or reflective of the yeah. mask he was wearing. Um, in The Wicker Man, I've only seen the remake. I haven't it's seen the original one. But in, like, um, Your Next, mm-hmm. they have, like, the animal masks, which mm-hmm. are anonymizing, right. severing of humanity, and also, like, once you take off the masks, they're just humans. Right. Uh, so, anyway, there's just so much to think about, and <laughs> it, that's why I was just like, I have to talk about it. So, that's society. That. <laughs> yeah! And I guessed it. Yeah, you did. So, a genius. A genius. That was good. I like that. I liked, I mean, the mask was the, I don't know, the most, not unique. What am Mm -hmm. I trying to say? Like, memorable, Mm -hmm. kind of compelling part of it. Like, it's good. The story's good, but I love that mask. I did read, too, that they, like, want to make a sequel. Mm. And, like, the one of the reasons that making a sequel was so possible was the popularity of the mask and how interesting it is Mm -hmm. and, like, opportunities to, like, continue with that. Yeah. So... They were like, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I just thought that was neat. So way to yeah. go. Well, Good I was job. watching him like swap out the mask pieces. Oh, I know. All I could think about was my Polly Pockets. <gasps> um, because there was one version where they had magnetic clothing. And so you would put them in this yeah. little like runway thing. And you would like preload the halves, mm-hmm. like the front half and the back half. And then you put her in and spin her around and she'd come out and she'd be wearing the magnetic clothes. And I, I was like, oh, you can that. mix and match like Polly Pocket. <laughs> I had the rubber clothes. I also had those. Yeah. I yeah. never got to have the magnetic ones, but I knew of them. And yeah. I was like, those are fucking cool. Uh, the rubber ones are much more fun. Much more fun. Yeah. And you can chew on them. <laughs> you can. Yeah. 
You don't chew on those? I was not a chewer of things. Oh, I was. I was. Yeah. You. Mm. One of my favorite <laughs> jokes that someone posted was like the most delicious treat from the 90s. And it was one of those rubber Polly Pocket oh, dresses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yes, you don't eat it. You just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what a texture i think my favorite like i think i the one thing that i probably chewed on mm-hmm. aside from my own hair when i was nervous <laughs> i would just sit there with like my hair in my oh, mouth <laughs> like awkward as shit um were the pencil grips the rubber ones oh yeah no that yeah. too yeah i also was an eraser biter um, but like only once yeah if you gave me like an eraser and i knew that i wasn't going to use it again i'd be like oh. <laughs> and it was the forbidden bite and you just <clears throat> and i took a quick bite spit it out and then i was done and uh-huh. i never had to think about it again amazing the freedom <laughs> um but no it was good that was great i'm sorry i got distracted i did um, this <laughs> i haven't looked at my notes but boy i'm excited to see what i wrote amazing <laughs> okay okay are you ready yeah let's do this wow okay i opened it up and it was a, a list of stuff i needed for work and for a second i read it and i went that's all i wrote vacuum Denatured alcohol, rags. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? And then luckily, um, no, we're good. That could have been the title sequence. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> That's why I was like, maybe. Um, oh. Oh, I also, I'm just going to start from the very beginning and talk about Bruce, that little kid. I love Bruce. Bruce. They made it out like Bruce was potentially going to be, not a villain, but just like a kid that would be, you know Shitty. how kids are. Yeah, yeah. like would pick on Finny. Like, you just kind of had this vibe where you're like, oh, maybe he's going to pick on him because he's really good. Like, Finny's throwing strikes. We're at a baseball game, folks, just so you know. Finny's throwing strikes, and he hits the last one. So you're like, oh, my God, he's totally going to bully him after this. But then he's like, yo, Finny, you got a good arm. What does he say? He said, your "Your arm is mint. Your arm is mint. And he was so cute. And I was like, oh, okay, so Bruce is a sweetheart. And as as soon as they showed him as a sweetheart, I went, you're getting kidnapped. I was like, you're you're." You're done for. It was oh, they they did a good job of showing you each kid's personality, at least a little. Yeah. Like I, there's obviously a few within the group that we don't know, like the, the kid with the newspapers. Yeah, he's the one that you arguably know the least. You about. don't know him yeah. really. You just know that Finney knows him. Yeah. So like it's still interesting that like you get every kid's personality, and if you don't get their personality, you get their relationship to Finney. So that way at least you can feel Finney's pain of someone he knows being gone, even if we didn't see them in the movie. So I'll give them that. They did characters real sad in this one. Yeah, I was like, did. Bruce, no. He had that one line and I was so attached to him I know. immediately. I and I like, don't, and he was like smiling while riding his yes. bike. And I was like, you're going to get got baby. And you don't know if it's like, because just because they're kids, yeah. you're so sad. Or if it's because they've done a good job of making you like, oh, like yeah. he's good. <laughs> um, also, I like that you, you don't quite know which kid is going to be the focus at first. Like, yeah. that was great. I was like, who the fuck am I watching here? And I was like, who is it? And I think that's awesome because it's it's just like in real life, yeah. which is so sad. Uh. But like anybody could be the target. Yeah. You don't, there's no rhyme or reason. And I yeah. think that's one of the reasons that the villain is so scary is that there's no, there's no, there's no through line. There's no like oh, I only take boys like this or like that. No, like they were all just different. I, it's so gratifying to hear you say that because I was like, was I just like 
bad at this no. <laughs> because I was like, no, I love the way they fuck with expectation mm-hmm. because you don't know which kid went missing at first because no. of, of the way it's introduced and you don't see a clear vision of any of the missing kids posters for a while. And then it's like, you don't know which one it's going to be because they set them both up as good people. Yes. And I was really hoping that that was intentional and it yeah. wasn't just me. This I assumed <laughs> it was. I was hoping it was supposed to just be like, it could have been any of you type thing. Because like, Finney was alone at the baseball diamond with a yep. rocket and it just happened to be that Bruce was alone in the wrong spot. Yeah. It's literally any of them could have been a target. Any kid in this whole movie. Yeah. Like, it, it was so, like, they even do that with um, the one boy who helped him, like, learn how to fight. Robin. Robin. I love Robin him so much it hurts. My Robin was whole like one of my favorites. I was like, even though he was like beating the shit out of kids, I was like, he's doing it for good reason. Yeah. But I loved Robin. But they do the same thing where like they introduce Robin with Finny, and it was getting so close to like where I thought something should have happened that I was like, well, they're probably not going to take Robin because yeah. like Finny we know gets kidnapped. Yeah, but no, they they got him, and yep. you were like, but I was. <laughs> like <laughs> there was so much of this film that was characterizing like lead up and story yeah. development and like you get like halfway through and it's like he hasn't been fucking kidnapped yet <laughs> yes it, it but it does such a good job because like the pacing should feel weird i yeah. think but it doesn't because at least for me i was like into it like yeah. at first i was i was kind of like hurry up i want to i want to see what happens but then they started showing his relationship with his sister yeah. and introducing the fact that his dad is clearly not okay with Mm -mm. the like things that his mother went through. And when the kids started showing it, he was like, "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh. So you get that lead up. I thought that it was cool that they introduced his sister's ability through his father's like hatred of it and stuff. So it's clear that she doesn't understand it or the dad doesn't understand it as well. So this poor girl. Poor Gwen. Like, even though she's... It's not that she's not in it much. It's just that, like, it's such quick flashes between her and Finny that I feel like you don't get a long time with him or a long time with her. You just get a similar amount with both. But they introduced him so well in the beginning that I was like, it's okay. I've got it. I was like, I can understand these kids. They were so cute. (sighs) This is like the first movie where the children didn't make me mad. (laughs) Usually I'm terrified of them. So, you know. Um, no also, oh, what'd you say? No tank tops, you know. No tank That's probably why. Yeah. I don't know. I think Robin had I one. was about to say Robin probably wears Robin a tank top. Robin had a tank top. But I was hoping it was sliding under the radar there. Yeah. He's fine though. He yeah. had a bandana that balanced it. It did bandana balance it. balanced it out. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I also like the intro. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a movie a with like, <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since we've had a movie with an intro that just felt, uh, I don't know. Extra spooky and kind of drawn out, you know, with like the music and the montage. And I feel like lately we've been watching them where it just kind of gets into it. Yeah. I like the older ones. I'll just be like, title. Yeah. And then you go right the fuck into shit. And and even if it's not like right into it, it's still like with teapots. I mean, it started slow, but we were getting backstory. Yeah. This was just like newspaper and music. And I was like, dang, dramatic. Yeah. It felt older, but not old old it felt like 2000s old but in a way that i appreciated yes it felt very like i don't know i liked it i, I was liked just it, like yeah. okay <laughs> uh i wasn't ready for gwen to be a badass mm. and hate the cops you go gwen you go gwen <laughs> gwen just 
being like, you fucking idiots. You fart knocker. (laughs) You fart knocker. I was dying because I was expecting her to be this like cute, kind of goofy, but still respectful girl. Because the way she talks to Finny, I'm like, she's goofy with him, but she's going to be. No, that girl was like, I'm not fucking listening to any of you. Mm -mm. (laughs) I love her. Love her. She's a great actress. Yeah. That part with her dad. Oh. Uh, when he is like whipping her with the belt yeah and she's like screaming she was great she was amazing i was like genuinely in it i was like oh god i have to save this girl yeah um but she was good but she kept her i don't want to take shit from anybody but like having to do that for her own like self-preservation yeah i could really feel that and i was like oh god gwen you you make me so (laughs) (laughs) um also the transition to emergency was really great that quick, like, they had a few where the transition would just mm-hmm. be, like, to, like, one picture or one thing that kind of tied into what was just happening. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. I just like that. I like transitions that are meaningful. Mothman prophecies. I'm never going to let it go. The transitions were horrible. <laughs> the fourth kind. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two movies that bring me more rage than any. Transitions that mean something. Between this and X, I was like, dang, all right. Oh, fuck. X, the transitions in X are just like top tier. Top tier. I swear, just like the descent is with lighting, the X is becoming yeah. with their transitions. Because I was, every time I think about one, I'm like, oh, X. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah. Um, it was good. Uh, I said the way he's messing with his hair is terrifying. I'm trying to remember. I, I believe it's Ethan Hawke. I think he's touching uh, the Finney's hair. Yeah, he's doing something with Finney's hair. And I didn't, oh, there was just moments where he would treat Finney like he was something important to him, like yeah. like family or something. He would be like, oh, like it, he was so gentle and like almost trying to be like nurturing. Yeah. And but that, there was like that undercurrent out. of menace where he's like, I'm not going to do anything you won't like. Yeah, exactly. And I I hated that because it was like, you don't know him. Like, Uh -uh. what do you know? Mm -mm. Like, take out the fact already that he's an adult. So like, ew, but in a murderer. But also I'm like, you don't know this boy. Like, you can't act like, I I don't know. It was this immediate closeness he thought he had with Vinny that made it extra creepy. Like, he was just, in the mask, obviously. We've already talked about it a lot. But hiding like his mouth. When he does the, this face, I was like, oh. I saw it in the trailer and it still got me. Yeah. When he was just like, I'm going to scratch your face. And he's just like, oh, this one? And I was like, Ethan Hawke, you scary menace. Yeah. He's going to be remembered for this. Good thing he's 50. Yeah, good thing he's fucking 50. <laughs> oh, God. Also, the way he talked, Ethan Hawke in this film, mm. it was incredible. He had so much range with that yes. character because there'd be like the light, soft spoken, higher yes. pitch, and then there'd be like the deep, like... Mm-hmm. And then there was the quiet menace of, I'll gut you like a fucking pig and strangle Ugh. you with your own intestines. So he did a lot yeah. with like, His voice. only, like, continuous thing that he had going on for him was just, like, a kind of creepy amount of enunciation. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, made sense. I was like, I wanted to hear every word he was going to say. And I yeah. think he wanted all his victims to hear every word he was going to say. So, like, even when he was being goofy, when yeah. he was like, I dropped my hat, like... It felt like a fucking script and like he yeah. was reading it to an audience like because that it was like magician. this was, right because it was fucking performance for him yeah. to be like get in my van. Yep. 
Oh, and I hated it. I like to imagine that his first... This is sad, but also funny. Um, <laughs> I like to imagine that the first time he tried to kidnap someone, they were like, D- the mask, I really can't tell you. like, like what are you doing? <laughs> You're mumbling. You're mumbling. He's like, <laughs> like, fuck it. Just okay, gives up. Fine. <laughs> so that's why he enunciates so clearly. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> we can only... We're, we're making our own history here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, uh, the half mask is freaking me out. I did love it though. And it goes back and forth yes. between like top and bottom. And so it's not about him not being recognized. No, because he end. doesn't. And then when he grabs Finny, he's not even wearing it. No. He just has weird white like face paint almost. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's like he's still recognizable. Like you could see his face and know who he was, but yeah. there was something weird about him. Like with that white face paint that I feel like should make people like, put up their guard to be yeah. like, this guy is strange, but then he's got this goofy demeanor. And yeah. I was like, oh, you're giving out weird signals. Yeah. Oh, he was funky. Just a cool villain. I, I just really liked him. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to, I don't know, like him as much. I think what I liked most about him was that it was unpredictable. Yeah. And it, not exactly in the way of like, you never know what I'm going to do. But like, you right. didn't know each time he came down what his demeanor would be, what his mood mm-hmm. would be. You didn't understand for a long time what his motivation in saying certain things was. Yeah. And once you understood, like, him waiting at the top of the stairs with the belt, like, it started to make more sense, but it was still unpredictable how he would appear to Vinny, you right. know? Like, we just didn't know. It no. was always different. And the half mask when he's sitting in the chair upstairs, uh. I was like, he's in his a house by himself. Yeah. Like, he didn't need to hide his face, and yet he's just doing it and you have to imagine he just likes it or something or like it does i don't know it gives him that confidence of like i'm someone else yeah. like we talked about you don't realize until the end that he needs the mask right. to actually like do the things exactly and ooh it just yeah. it's just wild um oh the little baby montage there was a baby montage of oh like, uh bruce yeah. yeah i was like don't do this i was like don't how do this to me dare you it was heartbreaking yeah. i wasn't ready for the movie to also be a little sad yeah yeah it was because like any movie that has kids in it i mean obviously it's sad but like if you're watching horror movies all the time you get a little desensitized yeah. to that because obviously you're like oh it's not real yeah but then they really just humanized these characters and made them so like and, like, Bruce's mom never gives up, keeps, like, no. putting those posters back up over and over again. And it's just like, oh, you love him so much. God. And it's just, he was so cute. And seeing him go from the baby all the way to, you know, when he was on the baseball team yeah. just hurt. Because you're like, oh, this is just a real kid. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what happens in a lot of horror films is we don't see the kids grow up or do anything really. Yeah. So you're kind of like, that's sad. Yeah. For some reason, it comes to mind. Like, when I think uh, about the little brother. Yeah. I'm like, it's very sad. Yeah. But it's really just, I feel like his death is there to show us the violence and also yeah. to give the main character in that one a reason to be sad and searching for this monster. Yeah. But we got to know Bruce. So you it, see a trajectory of life. That yes. With, like, Georgie, you're just like, cute kid died. That's really sad. That's really but sad. you didn't see, like, oh, man, he loved rocket ships so much. Yeah. He's going to do this. Like, you see a trajectory with Bruce. Like, yeah. he could continue on with sports. And, yep. like, you see the future that you, was stolen. You see his parents love him. You see, oh. like, so much. You see Finny interact with him. And you see him be kind. And, like, it just hurt. And then you see it with um Robin, obviously, as well. Like, yeah. Robin is 
you don't get the same montage with him, but you get that same he cared for Finny yeah. and like he wanted to show like help him and oh god it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think about Robin, I'm just like, no, oh my, my baby. Breaks my heart. I see him as little bandana and I'm like, oh my god. He beat up those racists. I know. It just oh my god. Oh. And he just wanted help with math homework. Oh. <laughs> 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 and then I mean, we also have, and then it's going from like these kids' lives yeah. to um, his sister. What's his, her name again? Gwen. We just said it. Gwen. And, and then it cuts to Gwen, who's still alive. And you're just like, oh, Gwen. Like, you're really rooting for her at this point. Because yeah. it's like you're seeing all the lives of these kids that didn't get to live. And you're yeah. like, Gwen and Finny, obviously. But also, Gwen, when she praised Jesus. I have so many notes about that. Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, these visions obviously are coming from you. <laughs> I I have like serious notes about her in front of the dollhouse, but then I just have like another dollhouse prayer. <laughs> Gotta do her little dollhouse prayer. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, fuck, seriously. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, <laughs> I just loved it. Oh. oh, it's so interesting that she does it in front of the dollhouse too. Yeah. I mean, I have. Do you want to hear my note about yeah, that? Yeah, I'm curious if it's similar to what I was thinking. Um, brum, brum, brum. I'll see in a moment. Oh, interesting that's in front of the dollhouse, the place where we play God with creatures we don't perceive as real. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And I was thinking also, it's this like place where you can make a happy home yeah. no matter what circumstance you have. Yeah. And it's something she doesn't have. It's a place of make believe. Right? Yeah. So she was like, well, these visions are obviously coming from God. Like, where would yeah. I go? Oh, a happy home. Like, yeah. God. And I, she would open it up and I was like, oh. And then she'd go, Jesus, what the fuck? And I was like, yep. okay, well, yep. Gwen, you're wild. <laughs> I loved how she would pull like every Christian paraphernalia yes. item that she could find. She, she just was like, whatever I can get. This strengthens the like connection to Jesus. <laughs> I love it because clearly she doesn't fucking know. Like, you know, like they're not going to church. No. She doesn't know. But it's... I just loved Gwen. She was such yeah. an interesting character to watch her do all this on her own and to have like no support, but she just yeah. did it anyway. Cause Finny was the only family she really had that really like cared for her. Yeah. <sighs> when they hug at the start one by the TV after yeah. he's hit her with the belt and everything. And then they do it again at the, the hospital, yeah. the, you know what I'm trying to say? Ambulance. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Good bookends. And then their dad just begging at their feet and they're like, no. And it shows that, like, from the start to end, they yep. have each other, and it just did not matter who no. else was there. And I love that for them. And you also know from just, like, statistics, uh, it's very unlikely that his father or his their father mm-hmm. will continue with the rep- repentant, like, it, he's going to abuse them more. I, right. Like, it just fucking sucks to say. I, but, like, exactly. But that's, that's statistically, why, like, that's what he's going to do. That's why they were like, no. There no. was no apology. They were like, oh, no, stop. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. And they were both like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't give a fuck. Uh, now we get to Vance. I loved Vance. The one that gave like strong Billy vibes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Immediately I went, oh Billy. Yeah. Um, beautiful hair. One. Gorgeous hair. I was Incredible. I wanted that hair. I was like, unfair. What the hell, Vance? Reminds me of your girlfriend's hair. Oh my god. I should tell her she'll probably get her hair cut like that. Um, but I love Vance. Maybe that's why. But he had like such a different character than the other kids. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Because then it, it continues this whole thing of it could be anybody. Yeah. Vance was not like any of these kids. 
Um, and the age. Yeah. He was older, I think. If not older, at least yeah. more mature. Yeah. I mean, he was just interesting. He had all, like, 15-year-old vibes to me. Yeah. He gave, like, just slightly older. Not yeah. by much, no. but just enough yeah. that I was like, he seemed a little older. And when we hear the kid with the papers, yeah. he seemed younger. Yeah. So that's why I was like, seems like there's an age range. Yeah. And it just drives home the whole, it could be anybody, it doesn't matter. Because Vance was a fucking fighter. And yeah. I, I love that he was like, I'm not doing this for you. Yeah. He was like, this is so I can just, I don't want him to, you know, get away I with this. I don't want him to win. Yeah. I hate that fucker. Like, I have the note. <sighs> Sorry, I had to hiccup. up. <laughs> you gotta get it out. Of, like, what he says. He's like, thank you. For what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that part. Thank you for what for helping me. This isn't about you. This is about him. Fuck him. Yes. I'm like, huh. yeah, okay. And and I love it. It's it's it was just such an interesting character yeah. to have thrown in with all these kids who are like, we want to do this for you, Finny. And Vance is like, I don't give a fuck about you, Mm-mm. but he shouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. Uh, I liked all the kids in this. Yeah. There wasn't one character that I I didn't enjoy. I just thought they were all interesting yeah. in their own way. And it, I feel like it'd be so easy to fall into the like. We're going to have this pitiable little boy that was just doing a good job. And instead it's like, no, we're going to show you like a range of kids. One of them who is just beaten up on other kids for no real reason. And then we're going to have a kid that's laughing uh, kind of strangely at a lot of things. And you're like, okay. And then one that was just like you love with all your, well, two that you love with all your heart. you love with all your heart. Yeah. And it's. It's just interesting how attached I got to these kids and all they are is talking on the phone. Every now and then you get to see them interact i loved vance's moment too when he's interacting yes i was gonna say he kicks first and you don't know what he's kicking you're just like oh he he's just a punctuation on a sentence yeah but then he's like he yells to uh gwen and kicks the fence and i was like (gasps) and it just goes to show the connection between Vinny or Vinny, finney and gwen is yeah so intense because you have like you hear vance's conversation and it doesn't make a ton of sense not really and then you hear it again when he's like in the vision with gwen and you're like yes. oh everything makes sense now it all that adds up repetition <sighs> it was so good yeah. they, these two this brother and sister they were just incredible and it's like they were together this whole movie without ever being in the same room and yeah. i i loved that oh it's so good <laughs> one of my favorite things about the way the phone worked mm-hmm. was that you hear the voices, you like see Finney talking, but then you also see the kid, but they're yes. not interacting with each no. other. The kid exists separately from Finney. Finney doesn't see them. Right. And so you do get to get that like characterization, like he's not alone. And I I yeah. loved it because there were so many different ways you could right. be like, there's a ghost in the phone. And this one, they were like voice in the phone, but also. Right. Like they're there, but they're not there with yeah. him. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, oh so good and when he does see them it's kind of like their choice almost like the one who is being spooky yeah um but that's again like to help him to be like yeah this is horrible look what's happening here like don't you don't have to go through this kind of thing and i just it's so good yeah it's like and it's also interesting that like gwen and finney both have these visions or, or whatever they have and Finney's just seems so different than hers. Like, she's clearly getting visions where she can see things. Mm-hmm. Whereas Finney is just hearing these things yeah. for the most part. But it's, oh, but they helped each other. Okay, I just liked it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just liked it. Um, and I loved uh, this. So I like how they keep the ghosts in the shadow mostly. Yeah. And it's a lot of, like, that rim light on, you know, 
it's coming from like one direction and it made it feel so claustrophobic in yeah. the room with Finny that I was like, that's amazing. Cause there's just the one window. Yeah. I mean, so like they did a pretty good job of keeping it dark without doing it too dark. Mm-hmm. It was like movie dark, but forgivable. Uh huh. Yeah. I was, it had some descent moments uh-huh. because there's like, there is a light, isn't there? Yes. I think there's like maybe just like a light bulb or something on the top. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there were like lights around the I room. Remember. I don't remember. But it's relatively it dark. It made sense. Yes. Is all I remember. It made sense. And there is the one window. So like yeah. no matter what, you're getting some moonlight. And I think that was great. When you would get the really intense contrasted light on just like one side of Finny. Yeah. And he would be doing whatever it was he was doing at the time. The moment when he's learning to fight with Robin is my favorite. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. I won't say it's my most favorite part because I have one part that killed me. Yeah. But there was one part that I was like, fuck. When I wonder he's fighting if with Robin. Yeah. And he's just like doing the motions yeah. and Robin's doing them. And he tells him, he's like, you got to fill the phone with dirt. It's going to be your last call. Yeah. As if the phone had anything to do with yeah. him t- talking. But it's like, will the phone work after this? It was never plugged in, baby. <laughs> right? It was like, no, no. <laughs> and it was just time to do it on his own. And that was the whole thing he had to learn. That's what yeah. Robin said in the very beginning was yeah. like, you got to learn to do things by yourself. Because Ugh. you see like the part of the characterization in the beginning and like the whole like first half is all the places in which he didn't speak up didn't stand up for himself Mm -hmm. or for his sister because he was afraid and it's like scared this is not a blame thing like him versus dad that's not a fair thing it's like oh you just have to stand up to someone wielding a belt like no no. but like everything is showing that like in every corner of his life Mm -hmm. he feels afraid right he can't like he doesn't know how to stand up for himself exactly too dangerous he's getting pummeled by three other kids exactly it's not it's like it's not teaching him that he needs to stand up for himself yeah. and eat, put yourself in danger. Yeah. It's just saying that, like, you need to, I don't know. Like, no one else is here to help you beyond what we told you. Right. You have to take what we gave you. Like, they've given him the smart ways to yeah. stand up. And they were like, you just have to be brave enough to use them. Yes. And I was like, God, I love that. It's so good. Because they're not being like, get back up, even if he punches you. But they're like, but you can do that. We've yeah. seen you do that. We know that you can get back up. So you yeah. need to just be brave enough to keep trying. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> this movie made me feel pain. I know. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't ready for any kind of emotion. I really thought this was going to be kind of like a schlocky, like, oh, isn't it spooky? Their voices like, on the phone. I was expecting cheesy. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, it's kind of cheesy. Like, whatever. And I, I thought I knew everything already. I was like, the phone is going to ring. It's going to be the dead kids. He'll help them. Yeah. Whatever. I, I d- didn't think they were going to make me feel things. I thought the primary tension, aside from you know, the kidnapping, right. would be like his relationship to the kids on the phone where it's like at first like they come through and he doesn't understand that they're trying to help right. him. Like he's just scared. And first of all, it's like, oh no, I fucking know you. I know which kid this is. And it immediately, Ugh. all my expectations out yes. the window. As soon as he had to remind them of their names and it showed mm-hmm. them remembering themselves and it's like, they're helping him, but he's helping them. And I was like, oh, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared. When Bruce says, we don't play baseball here. Oh my God. <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> and I just, I was not, not doing well. <laughs> no, I was not doing well. And oh my God. When Robin was like, I've seen you take a punch. Like, I know you can get up. And he's like, you just have to be able to try. And I was like, Robin, shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> Robin, you sweet, perfect angel, get out. I was just <laughs> expecting I wanted ghosts and I got emotions. Thank you. (laughs) This whole movie. I was like, 
I'm going to look at the lighting because there's not going to be anything else to really focus on. Who cares? And then instead I was like, the relationship <laughs> between these children. And it's like, I feel like it also captures that age where like you have bullies, you have whatever, yeah. but also like your kids and you yeah. have, you have nothing in common necessarily besides just being kids yeah. and being never listened to kind of helpless. And it's, the one thing they all kind of shared, even though they were so different. And these kids were like, well, there's no one else here. We'll have to stand up for each other and do this. And I was just, oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> this movie had great lighting. I loved it. This movie had great cuts. I loved it. But God, the relationships of the star of this, this movie. Yeah, I'm are. like enraged by it. I don't know. I didn't think say. I didn't think I would have like this is akin to cute aggression. Yeah, where it it's really just like is. it gave me enough complex emotions that I was just like, oh, let me squeeze it. Yes, I just <laughs> I think because I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I was expecting a horror film, and instead they were like, "Do you like to cry?" <laughs> I, I don't. Slides I don't across want the table, tears on the other side. It's like when they slide you a check and they're like, how's this look for you? And it just oh. says tears. And like, Emotional damage. Pretty good. <laughs> they gave us like one good ghost scare and yeah. then they were like, but the rest is just emotional. <laughs> and I had to deal with that. I would rather have seen a million ghost children yeah. haunting the ceiling. Yeah. But instead they were like, oh, do you remember Robin? When the bloody child was hanging in midair, I was like, that's what I came to now see. that's what... I was ready for that. And I was like, I'm on familiar ground now. And then, just, again, the scariest moment was just how sad it made me. <laughs> the scariest thing about this film is getting attached. Yeah. Allowing yourself to get attached to these characters. I was just rooting for them the whole time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But most of my notes were about the, the kids. I really just went ham with it. Yeah. My last things were just the poor brother yeah. that knew what was going on. And we really didn't get anything from him besides him, like, trying to solve this murder. Mm -hmm. So I felt, I was sad. I was like, oh, he, he died. But then I was like, but those kids. You know? <laughs> I was like, you didn't give us much from him. Yeah. But it was still a bummer. I love when he's like, you made me do that. He's like, you made look me what kill. you made me do. Yeah, look what you made me do. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, I wrote, don't try to give this dad a redeeming. I'm not having it. A redeem. Don't don't try to redeem the dad. Redeeming is a joke because someone spelled it wrong once okay, on this like forum. Emily and I were watching something with Teen Wolf, and there was this character that we hated, mm. and it said, "No, it's time for his redeeming." <laughs> so not redemption arc. No. So now, whenever we say redeeming, I go, "No, the redeem." <laughs> I I was racking my brain trying to come up with the words that that could have been. So his redeeming, yeah, for the dad. I was like, I'm no, not into this. Not here for it. And then my last note was, I liked that a lot more than I thought I would. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry um, I rambled about these kids and gave you no new info. I love it. I just could not get over how well done they were. Do you want to hear the type of great notes yeah. that I took? <laughs> yes, I do. So uh, this is when Finney and Robin are in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And the boys leave. And uh, Finney, like Robin's like still messing with his right. like bloody knuckles. 
And Finney goes over, takes a moment to piss at the urinal, and it's like, oh, bathroom for two. <laughs> because oh, bathroom for two. What was it that our friend said at the bar? It's like, <laughs> he walked in and said, is this a single or a double? And the guy went, I don't know. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and to be clear, it was a single. <laughs> that was the best moment ever. That was my favorite. Was it a single or a double? <laughs> I couldn't remember his exact phrase. He was like, bathroom for two. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, the kids were like really mature for their ages because they grew up in an abusive home. They had to raise themselves. Right. They had to help their father emotionally regulate yeah. or regulate for him. Yeah. Uh, this is when it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> this is when Gwen is getting abused right. by the father. And I have Finney tried to interrupt with his words. He looks as angry as Sam Winchester. <laughs> Sam Winchester just. When his little mouth gets all little, and he's like, it's like his little lips. Puckered like an anus. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than a sandwich, just her angry face. And that's what Finny did he in did. the doorway. He was, he knew he couldn't do much, but he was like, <laughs> stewing in his rage. Oh, poor guy. Uh, Gwen knows too much for that little brain. She, there's, uh, oh, too little. And then, so when the dad gets the call of like, is your son at home or uh-huh. like your son is missing something like whatever it is <clears throat> um and gwen just like takes the fuck out oh yeah it it looks like she's running in place <laughs> and i was like is this how they did twilight <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to twilight <laughs> it all comes back to twilight <sighs> um so dollhouse prayers mm-hmm. um <laughs> new murder mask who this <laughs> But it's in half. Yeah. <laughs> he comes down with a different one. He's like, like makeover. Uh, <laughs> work it. Uh, let's see. Oh. Uh, Finny clocks that and goes back down to the eggs and Sprite. Which to me sounds like a great way to throw up. <laughs> like, I don't. Eggs and Sprite. Come on. Sounds awful. Right? Um, I don't need a fizzy egg. I don't. Or an eggy sprite. Oh! Like sulfur. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. And then I actually had a, a note about art. <laughs> Beautiful. And like scene composition. Yeah, so yeah. when he is trying to get out of the house for the first time, mm-hmm. he's trying the combinations. You know it's going to be the third one. Right. Because like, of course. But it does split the screen like into thirds vertically. And you have him on the right third and the left two thirds are the negative space of the grabber yep. asleep. And because... One is in focus, so the other is out of focus. You, like, right. kind of shift back and forth. And you're like, what the fuck? What's going to happen? And, like, that built so much tension. It was so good. They Loved had so it. many good moments. Also, when they do that part where he's running for the, the lock and he's trying to get it and yeah. it's all tense. But then at the very end, when he's just walking to the lock and he does it so slow because he's yeah. like, what do I have to worry about? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> so good. Sorry. Just, I remember that and went, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh... Uses the toilet tank lid to pound into the wall, slurps from the toilet tank, nice little break. Takes a break to cry. I get it, but pace yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was like, you're slurping a lot and you're crying a lot. Let's let's pace yourself. In and out of fluids right now. (laughs) I was like, slurp a bit more. Yeah, and then when Robin was on the phone, it's my boy. (laughs) It's my boy. (laughs) Here comes the boy. (laughs) I love my beautiful, violent boy. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Okay. This was me with my, like, anxiety brain 
Um, because the very end, when mm-hmm. Gwen is across the street at the burial house, yes. and Finn is leaving the active murder oh, house, and there's a street between them, mm-hmm. and they both only have eyes for their sibling. I know. And I was like, don't get hit by a car. I know. Neither of you. Look both ways or I swear I'll scream. I was like, I knew they wouldn't. But I, I was also sure like, because <laughs> she's running in slow motion. I'm like, if that girl gets hit by a mean car, girl's bus moment, I was, I would have screamed. I but screamed. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is so beautiful. Well, I was like, careful, because you're in the road. <laughs> yep. I just had that moment. I was like, is this the hope spot, the ultimate oh. one, where it's like they see each other, they're running, and then yes. one of them just gets mowed over. I was so nervous. Those are my notes. It's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, there was some great tense, tense moments yeah. in this, and. Finding out about the, the both houses, uh-huh. so good. When they come in and it's just empty. I I was so confused for a second because yeah. I was like, he didn't have time to move everything. Yeah. And I was like, and his brother is there, so yeah. he couldn't have done that. And then when you find out it's just two houses, I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely wild. And also that you can tell it's from the 70s because yep. he could afford two houses. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, They actually did a great job of the of keeping it not accurate, I don't want to say, because I'm sure they did. I wasn't paying attention to that. But the colors and everything mm-hmm. and using, like, the home movies for Bruce and yeah. using kind of, like, a film-type thing for her visions. Yeah, like, the I film felt very in the time period without them having to, you know, I don't know. Sometimes they'll show us stuff to be like, it's the 70s, and it'll be, like, bell bottoms. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, a video of, I, I want to say, like, Richard Nixon for some reason, but, like, of something when they're like, ooh, look who's president, you know? Yeah. But in this, they were just, like, film. Yeah. <laughs> and I respect that. I liked it. I liked that a lot. Scariest moment? Oh, God. I thought I wrote it down, but I, I don't know if I did. I have... Basically, I'm trying to think, is it the most tense I ever was? The moment where I was, like, on the edge of my seat? Or is mm-hmm. it the most surprising moment? And those are all three different moments. I have I have one that's, like, my most, like, eerie. Like, the one that, like, kind of upset me. And I was like, Ooh. ugh. And I just thought about it for the rest of the movie. Okay. That, I have Let's that one. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to go? Yeah. It's, it's when he notices that he left the door and he's about to, like, go up and then the phone rings. And he's like, he waits up there. Like, don't don't go up there yeah. and then you see him and he's just sitting in his chair with yeah. the i was like oh oh that's so spooky mm-hmm. one to hear from a kid who had to go through it yeah. and had to learn the hard way but also just to see someone that sinister yeah. to be like i'm gonna leave the door open and make him think he can get out yeah fucked up fucked up that just grossed me out and scared me yeah ethan hawk i'm sorry i might have to remember you for this mo- <laughs> this this role i'm so sorry i didn't want to remember you for this. i know you're I in your 50s to. but i think this is your most memorable <laughs> i'm sorry ethan hawk <laughs> i think he still has like grizzled old man and western ahead of him i he think that he has a solid does ethan hawk has a lot going on yeah he's very talented i don't know a single movie he's actually been in I, here's the but... thing i don't really know that much either but for some reason I love him. I know the ones I thought he's been in and he wasn't. No. So mm-hmm. I don't know what he's actually been nope, in. No, nope, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's mine. Sorry. No. Uh, how dare you answer yeah. the question that I asked you? <laughs> it was very rude. Um. So the one that I was like, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that it was a hope spot. Yep. But it's when he is running down the block yelling for help. I know. And it's so close. And it's one of those, so the light, por- the porch light turns on. Yep. And then he gets tackled and a knife is held to his throat. And it's like one of those things, it's like, so 
close. It was and so it's upsetting. just like one of those things that you feel in your chest. And I was like, ooh. Watching the porch light go back off, you're like, oh, yeah. I was yeah. afraid. That was my scariest moment. That was good. Thank you. That was a good one. Are you ready for tropes? I'm pumped. <laughs> okay. Can't uh, wait. Can't wait. The first one is actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> We've had this one before. And this is referring to when she says dumb fucking fart knockers. And she is just like tearing those cops a new one. She hates them. And the, one of the cops is like pissed. And then the other one's just like, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, adaptational superpower change. So this was an adaptation from um, a short story by Joe Hill. Oh, okay. Do you know whose son Joe Hill is? Whose son Joe Hill is? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Stephen King. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. Now that you say it, I'm like, that name sounded familiar for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Yes. yes. So he didn't want to be, like, he wanted to make it on his own. And so he's like, yeah. I'm not going to, like, go forth on my dad's name. I'm right. going to use a different name to publish my stories. Fair enough. Uh, but one of the funny things is that in the original, uh, the grabber was a clown. But then for the adaptation, they were like, that's too close to Pennywise. We can't do that. (laughs) It's like different king, different clown. Right. (laughs) Different king, different clown. Uh, But in the um, book or in Mm -hmm. the short story, Gwen, whose name is actually, I think, Susanna. Yeah. Her superpower is not like visions. It's more about like a constant connection with Finny. Okay. So it's like that. Which we kind of have, but for the most part, yeah, it's the visions. Okay. That's interesting. Got a good bait and switch. Yeah. Got a lot of those. <laughs> Love it. Uh, balloon of doom. <laughs> yeah, the fucking balloons. The balloons. Also, why? Uh, the fact that he was like, I'm only going to have black balloons, that would have made me immediately suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'd have like, black balloons? Absolutely not. Even if I didn't know that there was a, a guy on the loose. Yeah. I'd have been like, no, no. I don't trust what you're mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chekhov's armory. So we've had oh. like Chekhov's skill, which we do actually have, where it's Finney's mint Finney's arm. Finney's mint arm, yep. which is such a good moment. And there's been, like, there are a lot of different types of Chekhov's thing, originating with the gun, obviously. But Chekhov's armory is actually the, just all of the ways that the children tried to help him escape all came back in the scene where he's fighting the grabber. Yes! So the cable, the window, like, the The, the digging. The toilet thing. The toilet lid. He hits him, doesn't he? Yep. And the stake. When he, like, he dug into the hole. With the punched it good <laughs> punched it real good he when he dug into the, the freezer he uses dog. the stake yeah so every single thing that the kids had helped him with even though it didn't help him escape escape uh didn't help him escape early on it helped him defeat the grabber in the end right and it was through their power and his mint arm. And his oh, mint arm when he says that i was like finny's arm is mint and, and he just mint. slides and i'm like finny you fucking badass yeah and then like God, that was good. That one was like, it's for you. Hands the grabber. That the was phone. great. And he's just like, Man, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And oh, that was good. It just tied everything together so well. And I love that they do say that the grabber can hear the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, which means he's ignoring it because he mm-hmm. fucking knows. He knows. He knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And like, he wants to pretend he doesn't. And then when he puts it to his ear and I'm like, oh, you, you knew what know. this was and you just didn't answer it. Yeah. I think that's great. Asshole. I know. Creepy stalker van. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Needs no explanation. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, darkest hour. So this is when Finney tries to escape through the freezer. Yeah. And eventually he just like can't because it's one of those like latch things. Yeah. And it, it's just like he he's tried everything. Oh. And he just starts crying. And that's when he gets a phone call from Robin. <laughs> and then I scream. Yeah, I know. Once my boy called, I was like, he's going to save the day. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, and speaking of the steaks in the freezer, mm-hmm. delicious distraction. Yeah, yeah. For the angry guard dog. Yep. Two tropes. Which didn't do too much. The dog just kind of barked for a bit and then they gave him a steak and he's like, I'm actually good. Yeah. <laughs> the dog didn't attack anyone, nope. which was a pleasant change after Prince from Teapots. After, yeah, Teapots. Yeah. Uh, so this next one, interesting, is mm-hmm. called Enemy Mine. And mm-hmm. it's, quote, two or more bitter opposite sides begrudgingly team up against a common threat that is even more menacing and wants them both dead. Oh, Vance and Finny. Vance and Finny. Because Vance was a fucking bully. And yeah. probably beat up Finny at some point. Oh, and I think he even says something yeah. about Vance. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I didn't do this to help you. I did it because I fucked the grabber. Right. And it, uh, I had to, I was like, enemy mind, where is this coming from? It's a yeah. movie. Uh, with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it's not like, it's a sci-fi movie about these two, like an alien race Uh against like humans, I guess. Yeah. And they have to team up. And yeah. Oh, I'll watch that. (laughs) I was like, okay. Sounds kind of good. Next one, Even Evil has loved ones, uh, which is twisted. Yeah. Because the grabber has a brother, Max. And it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Buries an axe in his head. Yep, 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 yep. Ghost amnesia. Uh, yeah, the kids don't le- oh. don't remember their names. We don't play baseball here. No, no. Uh, heel realization. So it's when the dad is like, "I've been a bad yeah. father." Oh, really? Oh, w- w- you sure? Oh, huh. huh, that's wild. I don't know. Give me examples. <laughs> Walk me through it. Yeah, talk to me like I'm God. your child that you've abused for years. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, hope spot. So mm. when he escapes the first time. Not the part where they cross the road, thank God. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Improvised weapon. Yeah. Dirt phone. Dirt phone. Dirt phone. Dirt phone. Well, Love dirt phone. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Malevolent masked man. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I love this one. Okay. Mundanger. Oh, so it's love um, that. mundane danger. Yeah. So this is a story with supernatural elements, but the evil right. itself is mundane. Right. He does not have superpowers. Nope. He is not like, I psychically lured you here. No. It's like, there are supernatural elements around him, but the danger is a bad man. Like, he just a bad man. Yeah. Mundane. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yep. Phone call from the dead. Yeah. A kind classic. Of the core of the movie. <laughs> uh, pre-mortem one-liner. That's when he has the phone and he's like, it's for you. <laughs> psychic so children. Good. Psychic children, yeah. yes, of course. Uh, shout out the Pennywise balloons. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, superpower genetics is basically like you pass down the superpowers right. in your family, and it's like the mom had powers. Right. And so misunderstood. Finny, and, yeah. Like, yep. That's good. Uh, they look just like everybody else, which is uh, the grabber isn't like an exceptional human. Mm. He looks just like. He's just Ethan Hawk. He's just Ethan Hawk. <laughs> it's just Ethan Hawk. Just Hawk. a little bit like Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. He could be anyone. Except Josh Josh Hartnett. Hartnett, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And my last one is Torture Cellar. (laughs) Yeah. A classic. Yeah. So those are tropes. Those are good. (laughs) I loved it. And I, we don't even need to discuss because I know exactly what the rating scale dirt is. Phones. It's dirt phone. You were like, a classic dirt phone. And I went, yep, that's it. (laughs) Amazing. It was going to either be dirt phones or it's going to go, my boy. <laughs> How many my, my boys? boys. <laughs> but it's dirt phones. Dirt phones. Okay, okay, okay. I've got mine. I've got mine. Ready? One, two. Okay. Yeah. I'm changing it. <laughs> you don't have to. No, I want to. <laughs> I put four and a half and then I went, 
For why? For what? I was going to be like, oh, what's your, like, nope. well, how could it have improved? And then I couldn't think of anything. And I was like, I think I'm just being stingy. <laughs> it's just good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really have, uh, I don't really have too many qualms with it, really, either. I mean. No. Like, there were racial slurs that were used by the bad kids. Right. There were homophobic slurs mm-hmm. used by the bad kids. Right. And so, like, not good. <laughs> not good. But it's, I mean, it, it was for a bad character, so it's yeah. hard. Because it's like, well, yeah, they are supposed to be shitty. And kids in the 70s did talk like that. So yeah. it's like, I see. But, but yeah, I don't really have much other than just, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty movie. Yeah. I really did. I thought the cinematography was cool. I could I could see the other movies like when like it was Ready or Not and like Scream and stuff. I was like I could see that. Yeah. It was it was just cool. And the the characters they they weren't even on the screen for that long. Bruce is literally in it for like 2 minutes. Robin is in it for like a few scenes and I was in love. Yeah. Like they that's good <laughs> did so much like the pacing to me was very strange in like when you lay it out looking at like a chart of yes. the timeline the plot it looks like it would be weird but it it just made sense but it just worked yeah and it's like that things that make sense tiktok yeah <laughs> just me at the entire movie the black phone <laughs> but also like we talked about with the mask like it's impressive right yeah. because they can get so much emotion across with the mask not only does ethan hawk do that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But the kids get so much across with just their voices. Yeah. Like, we don't get to see them very much. And when we do, they're very much in shadow because they're ghosts and it's supposed to be, you know, they're not there. So these kids had to do so much with just how they sounded on this phone. And they killed it. Like, I loved them. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be clear, I also gave it five dirt phones. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki and I both gave it five dirt phones. Five dirt phones. That's a perfect 10 dirt phones. That's a perfect 10 dirt phones because (sighs) I didn't have, like, Ah! (laughs) it had great acting from kids, which is, which is unusual. Not unusual, but like when it's extra good, you know, you notice it. And it made me care so much about these characters that I never expected. None of this movie, like, when you know the premise, you're like, okay, kid gets kidnapped, you Got get to it. hear all this past victims, you think you know what you're going to see, and you, then that's not what you see. I 100%, like, it's just wild. Yeah. It, it, it exceeds your expectations Be more than expectations. you think it will. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, like, I love that. And from the very beginning, it was like, we're going to fuck with your expectations. Yes, with and, the kids. And, yeah. And I was like... You oh. saucy wench, you did. From and the I very, love it. From the very beginning, I kept thinking like, maybe I'll like this more than I thought. Yeah. Thinking I would at least leave thinking, well, that was fun. Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to break my heart, which didn't you know. know I love a sad, sad movie. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. For I, me, I'm like, I love you despite the fact yeah, that you I made know. me sad. I was like, Kate giving it a five is like, woo! <laughs> I liked it so much. I thought it yeah. was great. And I just... All the kids were so good. Yeah. And it was great. And honestly, Ethan Hawke was great. Yeah. He scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And you never really feel like a motive from him or anything. It's just that he's like this. Yeah. And it, and it makes it that much scarier yeah. because there are people like that. And that's fucked up. Yeah. And there are some villains where it's like they have to share their tragic backstory and yeah. you have to like get this understanding of no. how he came to be. But in this, it's just like. You're not going to find out everything that you want to know. It's going to make you question things more. And that 
is leaving you with questions in a good way. Yeah. Not in a like, we're not creative enough to do this or right. we're copping out where it's just like you leave still not understanding everything about Because sometimes there are him. just people in the world like yeah. this and yes. that sucks and yeah. it just hurts. Yep. And I think that they did a good job of making you care so much about the characters that yeah. were getting out that even though he killed him and we got no answers, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. He's gone. Yeah. And I was, oh, because yep. usually I'd be like, no, we didn't learn anything. But in this, I was, I was very happy yep. he was gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's all I cared about. Oh, so that's a perfect 10 dirt phones. Yeah, it's perfect 10 dirt phones. Yep. You can do some damage against the grabber with those dirt yeah, phones. Yeah, it is. Oh, so good that, smacks. Good smacks. <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of the black phone. Yes. Yes. So if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps other people find our show. Mm -hmm. And I just also love reading what you have to say. Yeah, she's nice. Someone was like, thanks for keeping me company at work. And I was like, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I love it. I don't know, but I, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> don't do work. We're here. We yeah. got you. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It. Every Wednesday, we'll post the movie of the week, no context quotes, etc. You can check out our extended show notes on our website, justcoolwithitpod.com. You could even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. Tomorrow's the hover stream. Yeah. Well, tomorrow when we record, not right, tomorrow when it releases. But yeah, yeah I, that's why our Discord was popping off because they're yes. choosing the game. Yeah, We saw I'm some so good excited. ones. They offered a, a lot of them and I saw one that I was like, oh, we have to do that. Okay, I'm so excited to read these because I have not read any of them yet. Okay. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yes. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Jess, Ada, and Dalton. Woo! Woo! Love them. They're great. Great. Let's see what they make us play tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm afraid. Uh, you know what? It's not Alien. I can take a oh, little breather. Yeah. <laughs> We've been playing Alien Isolation, and let me tell you guys, I'm bad at it. Real bad. Not like a, <laughs> I'm bad at this. No, like I really cannot get the fucking hang of it. It's a hard game. It's a very punishing game. Man. You're doing great, sweaty. Thanks. Yeah. Sweaty. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sweaty too. That's yeah. fine. Wow. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rockazella. The cover art. It's by our very own Nikki Solomon. A bring, bring, bring. Hey, Kate. <laughs> it's for you. <gasps> what would it say? What's a good like tagline to be like? Uh, we're calling to reach what your car's extended for it <laughs> I was like what's a scary thing a phone would say to you Kate <laughs> <laughs> scariest phone call I ever got was why aren't you at work I'm not on the schedule yeah you are and I went oops yep oh I've gotten those ah, ah. where I used to work retail just read it wrong yep yep been there been there yeah <laughs> ring ring <laughs> where are you Hi. <laughs>